0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of Pucks and Cups, where I look at the history of hockey in Canada. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can, for $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. And don't forget, I have two other podcasts you can enjoy, Canadian History X and From John to Justin. Available on all podcast platforms. When you hear someone mention a hockey team called the Ottawa Senators, your mind probably goes to the current iteration playing in the National Hockey League. And while that team has found success even reaching the Stanley Cup final, it comes nowhere near the legendary exploits of the original Ottawa Senators. That team which existed through the first part of the 20th century is not only considered the greatest hockey team of the first 50 years of the 20th century, but also the first ever hockey dynasty in NHL history. This week, we're going to dive back in time to the team that changed hockey, dominated the league, and faded away into near obscurity. The beginnings of the Ottawa Senators start with a group of early hockey enthusiasts who came together to form the Ottawa Hockey Club. They had been seeing hockey games of the 1883 Montreal Winter Carnival, and that was when Halder Kirby, Jack Keir, and Frank Jenkins met and created the club. Not only were the Senators the first hockey team in Ottawa, but they were also the first in Ontario itself. Before we dive forward, let's look at those three men and where their paths would lead. Halder Kirby would play for the Senators from 1883 to 1894 before serving as the team doctor for the club's four Stanley Cups in a row in the early 1900s. He would die in 1924. Jack Keir would play for the club until 1893 and is credited with inventing the very first rubber hockey puck. He would pass away in 1933. Lastly, we have Frank Jenkins. He would spend many years with the club as a player. He was the first captain, and he was the president of the team, and he would also found the first full-sized orchestra in the history of Ottawa. But back to the team. Spending most of their time practicing since they had no one to play against, the Senators had their first competitive game at the 1884 Montreal Winter Carnival. It was at this tournament they wore their red and black uniforms for the first time. Nelson Porter, who would go on to become the Mayor of Ottawa from 1915 to 1916, scored the first goal in team history. In 1885, the club once again returned to the Carnival and would earn its first victory over the Montreal Victorias and finish second in the tournament. That would be the last game for the team until 1887 after a smallpox outbreak cancelled the Montreal Tournament in 1886. In 1887... 1891 and 1892, the club played in the Amateur Hockey Association of Canada Challenges. In 1891 and 1892, they would win the Canadian Championship, but lose the AHAC Challenge. In 1890-91, the club would play 14 games in three different leagues, which gave early indications to what it would become as a dominant force in hockey. One league was the Ontario Hockey Association, which exists to this day. For the first three years of the league, the Ottawa Hockey Club was the champion. In 1894, the club left the league due to the league refusing to allow the championship final that year to be played in Ottawa. The future Ottawa Senators would win many Stanley Cups in the coming years, but something that is often forgotten is the club's connection to the creation of the Stanley Cup itself. In the banquet to honour the 1892 championship team at the Russell Hotel, Lord Stanley, the Governor-General of Canada, announced a new Dominion Challenge Trophy. That trophy would become the Stanley Cup. The next year, the Montreal Victorias won the first Stanley Cup. An original member of the AHAC, the league did not have regular season games, but instead focused on challenges. It was not until 1892-93 that the regular season games were played in the league. From 1892 to 1898, the club would begin playing regular season games in the league, usually finished second, and losing in the final in 1893-94. With the launch of the Canadian Amateur Hockey League, the team would begin competing as the Ottawa Hockey Club for the first three years, winning the league title in 1900-01. In 1901-02, the team began to be known as the Senators as an unofficial nickname. This would begin the first dynasty of the team, when it was also known unofficially as the Silver Seven during the years of 1903 to 1906. On that team would be future Hockey Hall of Famers, Harvey Pulford, Al Smith, Harry Westwick, and Bruce and Hod Stewart. Harvey Pulford and Hod Stewart would be two of the original nine inductees into the Hockey Hall of Fame. In this new era, one of the biggest changes was the arrival of Frank McGee, who would coincidentally play for the team from 1903 to 1906, the same years they won the Stanley Cup. So let's take a look at McGee, a literal hockey legend. I do have an episode coming up about McGee, so this is just a quick overview of his life. During an amateur game on March 21st, 1900, McGee lost sight in one eye after a puck hit him in the face. Retiring to become a referee, he missed the game he loved too much, and he would return and begin playing for the Ottawa Senators. The youngest person on the team, and relatively short, He scored 14 goals in only 6 games in that first season. He would play 45 games over the course of 1903 to 1906 before he once again retired at only 23 years old. In 1905 when the Dawson City Nuggets challenged the Senators for the Stanley Cup, he scored 14 goals including 8 in less than 9 minutes to set a record that stands to this day. Over the course of his 45 games he would have 135 goals but he would sadly die in the First World War. In 1945, he was one of the original inductees into the Hockey Hall of Fame. But back to the team. Finishing first in the CAHL in 1902-03, the team would win the first Stanley Cup championship in a game against the Montreal Victorias. The teams would play on slushy ice covered with an inch of water, with Ottawa tying the first game 1-1 and winning the second game 8-0. This began the run of three championships in a row for the team. When the team won the Stanley Cup for the first time, each of the seven players on the team were given a silver nugget, and that was the origin of the nickname, the Silver Seven. The Ottawa Senators were not an easy team to play against by any means, not even going into the fact that they had some of the greatest players in the game at the time. The thing is, they matched their goal-scoring ability with a ferocity that would make the Broad Street Bullies shake their heads. In one Stanley Cup Challenge game in 1904, the Senators injured seven of the nine players on the Winnipeg team. Over the course of those three years, they would defeat ten different challengers for the Stanley Cup until the Montreal Wanderers came along in March of 1906. With Ottawa and Montreal tying for the league lead, a playoff series had to be played for the Cup. Montreal took the first game 9-1, and then Montreal took the second game 12-10. Frank McGee scored two goals in his last ever hockey game. During this first dynasty run, the players on the team were legends within Ottawa. When Jim McGee, brother of Frank, died in a horseback riding accident in 1904, a funeral cortege ran for half a mile and included Wilfred Laurier, who was Prime Minister at the time. In 1907-08, the team would go through several changes. Two of their star players, Harry Smith and Hamby Shore, left to play in Winnipeg, and the team replaced them with Marty Walsh, Tommy Phillips, and Fred Cyclone Taylor. All three would wind up in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Fred Taylor would become one of the greatest players in the game, but only spent one season with the Senators scoring 9 goals in 11 games. The Senators paid Taylor $1,000 to play for them, the equivalent of $25,000 today. The following season, Kenora paid him $1,500 to play for them. That same season, the team would begin playing in their new arena, which had seating for $4,500 and standing room for $2,500. The club also began selling season tickets, the first team to do so, charging $3.75 for five games. At the home opener of the team, 7,100 people came out. The Senators would play two more seasons in the ECAHA, winning the Stanley Cup again in 1908-09 and repeating as members of the Canadian Hockey Association in 1910, winning the Stanley Cup that year. In 1910, the National Hockey Association was formed, with Ottawa joining as a charter team. It was at this time that the Ottawa Senator's name became more common in its usage. In 1909-10, the team would finish second in the league and defeat Edmonton in the Stanley Cup Challenge. The following season, 1910-11, the team finished first and won the Stanley Cup, as well as two single-game challenges for the Stanley Cup that year. The next few years were tough ones for the Senators, with the club finishing 2nd, 3rd, and 4th over the next three seasons. In 1914-15, the Senators rebounded and took the league title. A big reason for this was the new players who joined the team. Clint Benedict, a future Hall of Famer, was the team's goaltender, while Art Ross, another Hall of Famer, also joined the club. That year, the team took the league title in a 4-1 victory over the Wanderers before losing the Stanley Cup final against Victoria. The team would finish second the following year, but signed Frank Nybor, another future Hall of Famer, and they followed that with a loss in the league final to the Montreal Canadiens in 1916-17. In 1917-18, the National Hockey League was formed, and the Ottawa Senators were sold to Tommy Gorman for $2,500. With the NHL now formed and Ottawa as a charter member, a new era had begun for the team. Unfortunately, it did not get off to a good start. The team started its first ever NHL game late due to protest by the players for a better contract. Eventually, the game started and the Senators lost their first ever NHL game 7-4. The team finished third in the league and did not make the playoffs. In 1918-19, the team rebounded thanks to the play of Benedict, Cy and Nybor and finished first but lost to the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. A reason for that was that Nybor was injured and could not play in the three games. In 1919 19, 20, the first dynasty in NHL history began when the Ottawa Senators began a run of four Stanley Cups and seven regular season first place finishes. In 1921 22, the team would lose star Sprague Cleghorn, but with him leaving, Frank Boucher and King Clancy both joined the club. Both made their way to the Hall of Fame, and Clancy is considered one of the greatest players to ever lace up skates. In the 1923 final against Edmonton, Ottawa won the series with two straight victories. In the second game, as I mentioned in my last episode, King Clancy played every position on the ice. The team was so good during this time that the talent pool was so deep that the team was able to trade away Clint Benedict and Harry Broadbent, both Hall of Famers in 1924, for two future Hall of Famers, Alex Connell and Huey Smith. It would backfire on the Senators as both Benedict and Broadbent led the Montreal Maroons to the Stanley Cup in 1927. During that run, the Senators won the Stanley Cup in 1919 20, 1920 21. 1922 23, and 1926 27. From 1918 to 1924, the team finished first in the NHL. Oddly, the team missed the playoffs in 1924 25, but bounced back and won the Stanley Cup two years later. The play of the Senators was so dominating at times that the NHL would eventually have to change its rules. Prior to the early 1920s, the Senators would keep both defensemen and a forward in the defensive zone at all times, once they had the lead in the game. This strategy would allow them to control the scoring and made them highly difficult to play against. It also made the league short on goals and quite boring to watch. In 1924, Frank Calder, the president of the league, made it illegal for a team to have more than two players in its own zone after the puck went up the ice. This change would be one of the reasons that the Senators slowly began to fade from the top to the bottom of the league. Another reason for the sudden dip out of the playoffs was the retirement of Jack Dura and off-the-ice problems over ownership. The season wasn't a total loss though. Cy Dentity finished fourth in the league in scoring and Frank Nybor won the first ever Lady Bing trophy for Gentlemanly Play. The 1926-27 Championship would be the last Stanley Cup for the team. The last championship team may have been the best Ottawa ever had when they won 30 of 44 regular season games and dominated in the playoffs by outscoring their opponents 12-4. to They never allowed more than one goal in an individual game during the playoffs. Beginning in 1927-28, a downward slide began. From 1927 to 1934, the team missed the playoffs four times, didn't compete at all one year, and only made it to the quarter-final in two seasons. A large reason for this was the expansion into the United States, which made Ottawa the smallest market in the NHL by far. In 1927, the club had won the Stanley Cup, but still lost $50,000. With expansion into America, attendance was low for the games against expansion teams, further hurting the club. In 1927-28, the team had only one bright spot, and that was Alex Connell, who had six straight shutouts for an NHL record. The team would then sell its star players, Cy Dentity and Hooley Smith, to bring in extra cash. This didn't help the problem, and the team would play its last playoff game on March 28, 1930. This would be the last playoff game in Ottawa until 1996. In 1930-31, King Clancy was sold to Toronto for $35,000, and the team felt the last place for the first time since 1898. The last home game for the team was a 3-2 loss to the New York Americans on March 15, 1934. A crowd of 6,500 came out to see the game, which saw Alex Connell play for the Americans after their goalie was hurt. The home crowd rained down booze, carrots, lemons and oranges and many other things during the game. The final regular season game for the franchise would be a 2-2 tie against the Montreal Maroons on March 18, 1934. In 1935, the legendary franchise moved to St. Louis to become the St. Louis Eagles, a team that lasted only one season. Flash Hollett would be the last player to have played for the Senators when he retired in 1946 as a member of the Detroit Red Wings. The last surviving member of the team was Frank Finnegan, he was supposed to drop the puck at the first-ever Ottawa Senators game in 1992. Sadly, he died before that could happen, but the club did retire his number 8 jersey. He had also played a key role in helping to get Ottawa a franchise in the NHL again. The last team captain would be Sid Howe from 1933 to 1934. Over the course of the Senators' NHL career, they would win 258 games and lose 221 with 63 ties. In all, the team played in 23 Stanley Cup final appearances from 1894 to 1927. The club would continue on as a senior amateur club and would win the Allen Cup in 1949. In 1954, the club folded, which put an end to 71 years of hockey history for the organization. In 1992, when the current Ottawa Senators began their first season, nine Stanley Cup banners were raised to the rafters to honor the original team. During the existence of the team, there would be 36 Hall of Famers. When the Hockey Hall of Fame opened, six of the nine inaugural inductees had played for the Senators at one time or another, with Eddie Gerard, Frank McGee, Tommy Phillips, Harvard Pulford, Art Ross, and Hod Stewart being inducted. I'm going to take a brief look at these men now, with some like Art Ross eventually getting episodes about their lives in the future. Eddie Girard, who played 10 seasons with the Senators, winning the Stanley Cup every year from 1920 to 1922, had 98 points in 128 games. Frank McGee, as I mentioned through this episode, played for Ottawa from 1902 to 1906, winning four Stanley Cups. Tommy Phillips played briefly with Ottawa in 1907-08, when he recorded 26 goals in 10 games. Harvey Pulford played for Ottawa from 1893 to 1908, during which time he won four Stanley Cups. Art Ross, a legendary player who is honoured with the Art Ross Trophy today, played only briefly for the Senators during his nearly two-decade career. He would play for the Senators from 1914 to 1915. Hod Stewart played for the Ottawa Senators from 1898 to 1900 before moving on to other teams. The last player from the original Ottawa Senators to be enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame was Carl Voss, who was inducted in 1974. He had played 40 games for the Senators in 1933-34, recording 23 points. He would be inducted as a builder into the Hall of Fame, but counts as the last player to make it for the Senators. Philip D. Ross would be the last person associated with the original Senators to make the Hall of Fame, when he was inducted as a builder in 1976. He was a builder with the Ottawa Hockey Club and was friends with Governor General Lord Stanley, and was appointed in 1892 as a trustee for the Stanley Cup. Technically, he did play briefly with Ottawa, helping them win the Ontario Championship in 1891. Cy Identity was the all-time leader for the team in goals with 245, assists with 67, and points with 312. He did all that in only 302 games with the club. Frank Nybor is the next closest with 194 points in 326 games, And Alex Connell leads the club in games with 293, wins with 158, and shutouts with 70. Denny would be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1959, Nybor in 1947, and Connell in 1958. I hope you enjoyed that episode where we looked at the original Ottawa Senators. If you did, please leave a rating and review. You can also visit my website where you'll find all my podcast episodes, as well as hundreds of articles on Canada's history. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to Patreon.com CanadaEHX, just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Baer, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. You can also find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash canadianhistoryx. And I'm on Twitter. Just go to Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. I'm also on Instagram, and you just have to look for bairdo 37 Thanks. We'll see you again next time.